Okay, Mr. Colonel Linux, this is a quiz for you, sir. Can you place this tune? Okay, that's all you get so far. Then I'll give you more of a hint. Can you? Can uh, it's a it's a uh, clip from a soundboard in the Jupiter Broadcasting Studio. Okay, all right. Okay, that's well technically correct, but uh, not the actual accurate answer. Don't look at my screen. I will continue on. Now, Wes, you recognize what this is, right? I do. Yeah, I thought so. It must be Star Trek, then. Uh-uh. Nope, nope. Come on, nobody in the chat room knows what this is? Really? Nope. Really? Hmm. All right, I'm going to give you one more hint, one more hint, one more hint. Wes, what is it, Wes? What is it? What is it? Let us know, Wes. Give us the big reveal. What are we listening to? Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't know. It is, ladies and gentlemen, the original Star Fox intro. Uh, Oh, North Ranger got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Star Fox! Okay, so I love Star Fox. I love Star Fox, too. I actually saw a Star Fox thing at Linux Fest Northwest, surprisingly enough. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. I love this. You know, this is a different kind of open source. This is an intellectual kind of open source. A fan-made Star Fox cartoon recalls the best of 70s sci-fi animation. And you should watch it really before uh, it gets taken down. It is a Star Fox cartoon. Fox, a fox in space. And uh, if you liked the old Star Fox show, they have a big disclaimer that we're not doing this for profit. We swear we're not doing this for profit. We swear. <laughs> you guys should just turn around and leave because you do not want to piss off my uncle. Oh, just who I needed to see. Star Wars. Star Wars. This This is so great. If you ever if you ever watched or played Star Wars, I should say or Star Wars, Star Fox, uh, this is this is for you. This is really cool. I have a link in the show notes. And one of those things that's probably gonna get pulled down really soon. Right away. Yeah, so if you want to enjoy it, you gotta kinda be a fast mover. YouTube DL that right now. (laughs) This is Linux Unplugged, episode 142 for April 26, 2016. Unplugged, your weekly Linux talk show that's had such mush. It's been swapping drives while the computers are still powered. That's legit. My name is Chris. My name is Wes. Hey there, Wes. Welcome to the Post Linux Fest Northwest Hangover. Ooh, it's a doozy. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how, but somehow we're going to have a great show for you today. Somehow we will persevere. We're going to yeah, talk. Don't about- leave. Stay here. Stay here. It's don't worry. worth it. Yeah. We got some interesting Firefox updates coming towards you. Some. Good reports of the new Ubuntu tablet. Of course, the clips you never got to see in Linux Action Show from Linux Fest Northwest. <laughs> the good stuff. Uh, as well as a few stories, a few build projects gone awry. Perhaps some beer will be spilt. And, as always, we'll update you on some of our favorite open source projects. A lot of really fun things to cover. So you know what we got to do, Wes? We got to focus. We got to harness the power of the internet and bring in our virtual lug. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Hey guys. Hello, guys. So, uh, Wes and I might be a little punchy. My mouth may not work very well today. 
None of those things we should be held help. against us. Yeah, because we're going to be leaning on you guys because I got to tell you, things have gotten so bad around this, the JB1 studios uh, because of total exhaustion from Linux Fest Northwest that just, just mere moments ago, uh, we decided we've had too many things frustrate us. And both Noah and I were just totally done with Ubuntu 16.04. And I have it on this Apollo that I've been keeping for – I was going to keep it uh, in Linux Action Show. I said I'm going to you know, stick with this. That was a pretty big step for you. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to give you our full uh, take at the, towards the end of the show. So those of you who don't really care, you, you don't, don't worry. We won't bear, bore with you at the top here. But to give you an indication of how mush our heads are but yet we're still trying to push through, I'm about to play something for you that is not the first time this happened this weekend – not the second time this happened this weekend, but perhaps the third time this weekend that we had to rebuild a machine, swap drives out, and load a new OS, and all three times. This I mean, is we agonizing. Had it, we had to do it more than three times, but all the three times I'm thinking of, we were in such a rush, we actually forgot to turn the computers off first. And so I'm going to play a little bit of this uh, clip that uh, Mr. Kernel Linux grabbed this morning. You think you can log in? No. We'll see. So right here, you are seeing uh, this is my Apollo after I've, I've closed the lid like 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. walked out, came back into the studio, and didn't realize that I hadn't turned it off. This, kept, this is a common problem we had. Yep. And so I it's just, just sitting there suspended. I flipped the, 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 the laptop over, started taking the screws out of the bottom, pulled the plate off, pulled out both hard drives. Swapped out, both, swap. sw- swapped out the Ubuntu drives with two blank drives, powered it back on. And it actually woke up, Wes, and, and here is the login manager working. And it's, it's kind of impressive. Oh, it just you just got the wrong password. Maybe we should drop down to a terminal. There we go. Now let's see if we can log in. Yeah. Oh, we're starting to get errors. We're starting to get I.O. errors. Uh-oh. Extended four error. <laughs> so much for I know errors coming in across the board, sir. So much. I block zero. Can't find I block zero. I know there, sir. So much for Link being able to run completely out of RAM. Unable to read iBlock Zero. You. Why are you running your OS on a RAM disk, Chris? Oh man, massive, massive turbulence. Initiating emergency reboot sequence. Uh oh, connection refused. Unable to activate service. Oh, oh no, we're going down. <laughs> so that was uh, that was me. Uh, this morning. Uh, now, uh, I, I just want to give you a, a taste of um, what my nights are like. See, I usually go to bed a little bit later than I like to. Naturally. Because they're hard days. And they're like every single day since uh, uh, Noah got in town, every single day, like there has been major decisions to make that have serious long-term ramifications about production and the network, and it's just been like... There are it, no off days. It is exhausting. It is exhausting, but it's been even worse for uh, Noah and, say, Rikai, because they're the ones staying up to all hours of the night actually implementing some of these changes. And uh, so this was about a 2 a.m. call that I got. And I should point out, too, that this was stuff that I we did not intend to be on the air, per se. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but... We're gonna let it on the air anyway. This is the unplug show. Yeah, there there will be some f bombs uh, in, in about a minute into this. Don't worry, they're not too bad. It's all in good fun. It's a late night call that I got uh, that Noah sent me that uh, I I thought I'd share with you guys because yeah, this was never supposed to be aired, but this gives you a little idea of the state of mind that uh, everybody was in after working uh, till about four a.m. five a.m. for about six seven days straight. Oh wait, no, not this one. That's the last one. Hold on a second. Hold on and. 
Wait, wait for it. I don't even see it in here. Oh, I don't even see it in here. Maybe I'm totally my my uh, my head is is too tired. But I bet I'll come up to it. I bet I'll find it in a little bit. I bet I'll find it in a little bit. Here we go. I just found it. Oh, wait a minute. That's what I did. Is I <laughs> see? I am tired. I uh, I mislabeled the eclipse. Oh well. Woe is me. I think I ha- you know what, Mister No. I think I'm getting a little bit of uh, feedback. Uh, I think I'm I'm hearing uh, a little bit of uh, goodness come through on your uh, on your speakers there or something. So. So, yeah, there we go. Hey, I found it. Here, I'm going to play it for you. Are you ready? Okay. This is, now, Now, just be warned, this was not meant for public consumption, but uh, yeah, 1.57 a.m. precise is uh, when this came nice. to me here, and uh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it for you. Yeah, hop on the other side. Okay. Hi, Topher. <laughs> Chris Topher. Hi. Hi. So, it's really late, like super, that's beard. Hi, beard. <laughs> I like how laying on your shoulder just makes me go forget. So we're all exceedingly tired. Crazy tired. Crazy tired. I'm temporarily wired because I drank a Coke. That rhymes with tired. (laughs) But we fixed fixed your your fucking RTMP stream. So now you... Kind of. What do you mean, kind of? I thought you said YouTube it YouTube doesn't completely work, because upstart is a bitch. Right. You have to restart it manually. But you're a smart guy, so you can do that. But we'll fix it so you don't have to do that. Beard will fix it. I will not fix it, because I don't... I'll fix it by not using Ubuntu. Beard? Beard? That does not seem smart. So anyway, and I transcoded all your files. Yeah, he he did, he did good. Uh, boy, in other words, he's useless. No, useless out of the No, but so listen to me now. Satcom one is a go and is working. And Satcom two is kind of half a go. It's half a go. Your personal rig fucked. Totally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this this thing. No, that's, you get to play with that. When fucked you, out of 10. Fucked out of 10. Like, and actually <laughs> fucked out of like 150. And so we try. I don't know. It's not, hardware works, but I can't install your stupid Energos. So. <laughs> Turns out. And NVMe drives. NVMe drives out of 10. They fucking suck. <laughs> we can put, if we put it on the SSD, it'll work just fine. But I don't know what the fuck is going on. We might on. have to buy a plane ticket or something. Maybe that's what we'll do. Okay, anyway, we just wanted to tell you how hard we worked <laughs> and how fucking tired Which we are. Which time is it now, 2 o'clock? Yes, but I, how much sleep did you get last night? Not much. And I got like two or three hours. How, and you, you're, you're on a fucking good sleep schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But He's very cold, though. I've hit my limit of how late I can stay up, so I'm going to bed. And just to let you know, we stayed up. And fixture server, and hopefully it works. Turn the heat off so you don't keep them up all night. Oh, yeah. Who keep who up all night? Me. Oh, yeah. Turn the heat up or off? off. We're going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> How do I do that? And then, after he gets this work okay. and he decides we'll to kiss the, the phone. Good night. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, it didn't shut up. That was really awkward. <laughs> okay, you try. <laughs> okay. Uh... Nighty night. Here, hold on. All right, Brown Bear, how much had you drank before you recorded that for me? Zero. I have had no drugs. I have had no alcohol. It is literally 
just five consecutive nights, six consecutive nights of no, like one to two hours of sleep, and you just you hit a limit, and then all of a sudden, like you get so tired. It just like simple things, like you would somebody would say something to me, and I would just completely forget about it. Like thirty seconds later, I had no recollection of. It. I switched a whole hard drive in a computer, and I have zero recollection of doing it. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing that everything still works. Yeah, really. Yeah, literally, he swapped out a hard drive in a machine, totally forgot about it. So uh, you you kind of teased it there real quick. Uh, why don't you tell the people what the heck SATCOM 1 and SATCOM 2 is, how the heck they run Linux, and why it's so damn awesome now? So basically, we are trying to uh, to expedite the flow of, of streams and also create a way that um, not one system uh, is, is so heavily reliant with with um, with uh, problematic internet. And so basically, we are sending a single stream up to DigitalOcean to JBSatCom1, and SatCom1 then distributes those streams to all of their various places, like Ustream and Scale Engine and, and, and whatnot. And then the other thing we've done is we... SATCOM 1 also sends a stream to SATCOM 2, and SATCOM 2 then connects in with YouTube. So we have a YouTube live page now, and you will have the ability – I'm doing it right now, but you'll eventually have the ability to, from the chat room, start and stop SATCOM 2 hmm. to bring that live stream up and down. Yeah, using uh, JBot, which is, uh, which is very cool. Um, so lots of – you know, one of the things about this trip is – and I think we should probably talk about this almost in its own dedicated thing, but um, – these are all Linux rigs being powered by Linux machines running uh, OBS here in the studio. We're now able to um, – this is just a – this probably doesn't seem like a big deal to most people, but it's a big personal, big personal thing for me because it was always a polished thing. We're now able to switch from reruns on the live stream to live shows without any interruption in the stream. That is really We nice. can take equipment offline behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. And we'll also soon be able to have stream recordings and whatnot. It's really like a true 24-7 live stream. Jimmy yeah, goodness. Yeah, and one of the things that we did to work around some Comcast issues, <clears throat> and really, if you think about it, this is so perfect, is we set up a, uh, a droplet on DigitalOcean, which is, of course, a sponsor here on Linux Unplugged. Two droplets. Oh, <clears throat> one that's like a big rig. Like, if you go over to DigitalOcean.com and use our promo code Unplugged, you'll get a $10 credit, and you can try out some of these rigs for free. They even have hourly pricing, so you get like the $5 I you can try out. I love that hourly pricing. Yeah, yeah, I do. I decided, I went, I went for one of my biggest droplets yet. Ooh, how big? Yeah, I got a $40 a month droplet. I get 4 gigabytes of RAM, a 2-core processor, 60 gigabyte SSD, and 4 terabytes of transfer. Nice. Now, this thing's going out to Ustream.tv, Scale Engine, YouTube Live, right? You got all these, and the audio stream, and we want to add more. So I wanted something with a lot of processor power. What was really cool, though, is we started at the $5 droplet as we just tested the theory. Right. And then we just incremented it up as we needed it. It is so nice. And we're going to take advantage. So Noah mentioned uh, that we'd be starting and stopping the live stream by using uh, a bot in, the, in our IRC chat room. It's a really sweet API they have to do this. Woo-hoo. So we'd be using an IRC bot. We turn droplets on and off. Oh, that's slick. Right? DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code Unplug. They start at $5 a month. You get 512 megabytes of RAM, one blazing fast CPU, 20 gigabytes of SSD, and a terabyte of transfer. Because they all SSDs, y'all. And they have super fast rigs. All the different Linux eyes you'd want. CoreOS, CentOS, Debian, Fedora, Ubuntu, of course. They also have free BSD. They have data centers in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Toronto, and Germany. Just, just pick whatever makes the most sense. They have a brilliant interface. Really good stuff. Really great dashboard. So it's made like, uh, for example, so Noah could, uh, Noah could just manage these as droplets with uh, no effort. As, uh, as I'm setting all these things up, I can just check his SSH keys. And they get added as the droplet gets created, and he has login. He's good to go. So I mean, easy. I love DigitalOcean. You will love it, too. Use the promo code DO 
Unplugged, one word lowercase, and support this show and get yourself a $10 credit and go try them out. They have the great interface. They have great guides and tutorials, super, super, super good documentation. And now uh, they're just running even more of our infrastructure. They really, When we want a Linux server on demand, this is where we go. With great bandwidth, great connectivity, digitalocean.com. Use the promo code DO. Unplugged. You know, before we get into the Firefox news, I should mention uh, that Wes did bring us some brewskis, as has been tradition for quite a while now, and one that I, I love. I'm not going to complain. And did you know that this is Alassian's uh, flagship beer? Alassian. Alassian. This is Alassian or whatever you call them. Aslan? I don't Aslan, know. I believe. Uh, not Aslan, huh? Uh, this is their flagship beers, one of them, the Batch 15 that. IPA. So let's go ahead and a medium body, citrusy, and unfiltered. What are you thinking? Have you been drinking this? Another Northwest brew. This is actually, speaking of... Speaking of Linux Fest Northwest from Bellingham, this beer is from Bellingham. It sure is. Brewed in Bellingham, Washington, with 7% uh, ABV. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's we, pretty you good. You enjoy it? Yeah. It, you know, it's hoppy, but it's not, it's not too hoppy. Like, if you, if mm. you, as it finishes there, you want more, but it's not. Like, That's exactly how I would put it. It's not cloying in your mouth at all. You nailed that. Just as it was finishing, I was like, as I was swallowing, I'm like, this is, like, as I'm swallowing it, and you're saying it's not that hoppy, I'm like, uh, dude, what? This is super hoppy. And this, just as it finished, I'm like, mm, I could have more. And you're like, but then you could have more. I'm like, yeah, you right? nailed it. That's exactly what it tastes like. Um, and, you know, it's right from our own backyard. Kind of appropriate. So that's what we will be uh, enjoying during the show today. All right, let's talk about Firefox 46 finally released. And it's really, truly, genuinely, actually, honest to goodness here. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Firefox with, you guessed it, GTK3 integration. No way. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's true, um, and uh, I know Mr. Colonel Linux is a Firefox fan. I'm going to get to him in a moment, but I wanted to open up to the mumble room first. Anybody out there actually cray cray enough to try out Firefox 46 and play with the GTK3 integration on the Linux desktop builds? Yes, I uh, plan on doing it. Actually. Okay, I've been, I've been using GTK3 Firefox on Arch for like three releases now. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. It's been doable, and and anything stand out to you? No. Um, I, I did run into one bug with the dark theme where uh, you get white text on white background sometimes, which mm. is kind of annoying. But That's otherwise, it's bug. actually been That's very, very smooth. Okay. That bug exists forever. Yeah. We also have improved uh, H.264 and AAC media support, better uh, WebRTC performance support, which... Those seem like good wins. Those do seem like really good wins. I think Noah's going to be all about that using, like, Firefox Hello and whatnot. Now, here is the... Uh, and great for the Firefox team. Uh, no snap yet. Right. I thought that was interesting they even bothered pointing that out, but you caught that too. If there huh? was a snap, I would install it right now. Yeah, I would too, actually. Hmm, I wonder if that's going to start happening. I hope so. Uh, you can so- actually just go ahead and use it anyway because you don't have to install it. You can download the tarball. And- oh, yeah, True. sure. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Firefox and Thunderbird. Uh, Mark Sermon, uh, he wrote up a post at his site about Firefox and Thunderbird, a fork in the road. Firefox and Thunderbird have reached a fork in the road, he writes. It's now time, it's now the right time for them to part ways. On both a technical and organizational level. So Thunderbird and Firefox, time to part ways, he says. A little bit of background. Much of Mozilla, including the leadership team, believes that focusing on the web through Firefox offers a vastly better choice, or I'm sorry, chance, of moving the internet industry to a more open place than investing in further Thunderbird development. Or in continuing to attend to both products. Many of us remain committed to Thunderbird users and want to see Thunderbird remain a healthy community and product, but both Firefox and Thunderbird face different challenges, have different goals and different measures of success. Our actions regarding Thunderbird should be viewed in this light. 
Success for Firefox means continued relevance in the mass consumer market as a way for people to access, share, and feel safe across many devices. With hundreds of millions of users on both desktop and mobile, we have the raw material for this success. However, if we want Firefox to continue and have an impact on on how developers and consumers interact with the Internet, we need to move to much more quickly, and we need to innovate on mobile and in the cloud. Mozilla is putting the majority of its human and financial resources into Firefox product innovation. Now, here comes the swinging blow, Noah, for Thunderbird. In contrast, success for Thunderbird means remaining a reliable and stable open-source desktop email client. While many people still value the security and independence that come with desktop mail, the overall number of such people in the world is shrinking. Given these different paths, it should be no surprise that tensions have arisen as we have tried to maintain Firefox and Thunderbird on top of a common underlying code base and a common release engineering team. And here's what they're going to do. On the organizational front, they've hired an open source leader like Simon Phillips. He's going to look at different long-term options for a home for Thunderbird, including perhaps the Document Foundation, perhaps GNOME, or the Mozilla Foundation and the Software Freedom Conservancy are also on the list. With the right technical and organizational path set forward, both Firefox and Thunderbird will have a better chance of success. End dramatic reading. In other words, while Mozilla, over the last years, has had time to try everything from phones to sticks and everything in between, even a browser, what we don't have time for is an email client. An open web is important, but an open email ecosystem? Eh, have you guys heard of Gmail? What do you think, Noah? I think that <clears throat> Thunderbird is single-handedly the most popular client I see used on Linux desktops, and it's kind of a huge disappointment that the Mozilla Corporation is either unaware or uh, chooses to willfully ignore that user base. And it seems like, you know, I- I've tried Kmail, I've tried a lot of different ones but like you have a large inbox and i don't like going to the web for my mail i like having a mail client running especially on my workstation at home so that i'm quickly alerted to incoming emails and stuff like that um and if they pass it off to somebody else or if they decide to abandon the project completely i really hope that whoever picks it up um steps it up a little bit we don't it doesn't need to be updated a whole lot it just needs to work and continue to function the way it is it's good enough you know ironically that's their main complaint is they don't want – see, this is what actually strikes me uh, is they talk about success for Firefox means continued relevance in a mass consumer market, chasing mobile, focusing on the cloud. And they say in contrast, Thunderbird means remaining a reliable and stable open source desktop email client. Almost like saying in opposite of our goals of Firefox, Thunderbird needs to be stable. Yeah. What? What? What kind of logic is that? In the uh, in contrast, they are literally saying in opposite. That's what you know. That's another in mm-hmm. in in contrast. Thunderbird for it to be successful needs to be stable and an open source desktop client. They're saying in uh, what does that mean for the goals of Firefox? Go cray cray, go crazy with mobile, go crazy with the cloud, and stability goes out the window. It seems like it is absolutely a core focus of Firefox to have stability, and it, and that in no way, in no way detracts from Thunderbird. I don't make this logic makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's pretty iffy. Now, should they be doing it if they don't want to do it? Of course not. Right. If uh, of course not. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Anybody in the mumbler have an idea of where maybe it should go? The. Uh the conservancy has already said that they would take in the hosting and they would also be open to like a Thunderbird Foundation split 
uh, the other ones haven't really seen yeah, anything f- like that. In so fact, I think moment. I think maybe Simon's report might actually be out as we record this. Yeah, it's it's been out for about an hour now. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the interesting thing is that the vid- the 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 change between Mozilla and Thunderbird has already happened, and it, it happened in like 2012. So this this change is actually a good thing because Mozilla's already washed their hands of Thunderbird. They're just kind of a little bit still putting their foot their feet in the water, but Thunderbird doesn't want to be associated to Mo- to Mozilla anyway because it limits them in what they can do for their base for the like the in- the the runtime engine and everything. So they can actually improve Thunderbird overall. So this is actually a good thing, even though it sounds weird. No, I actually am in complete agreement with you. I, I guess I wish that the priorities lined up differently. Uh, Mini MC, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's the release often philosophy for Firefox. If you have new technologies, implement them and do changes afterwards. While as with Thunderbird, you need a still a stable client. All right, so here is the uh, – the register has the report uh, that Simon put out a bit ago. Uh, he says software conservancy and document foundation seen as ideal new homes. Uh, they need technical hosting. They need finance and staffing and governments, dispute management, leadership, and trademark management. Um, now, uh, the software conservancy has already agreed to take over Thunderbird of Ast, Phipps says, which is pretty great. Wow. Yeah, remember, that's also where Inkscape lives, Git, and uh, QMU. Uh, on the other hand, the document foundation, uh, you know, over in Germany – uh, is close to the largest national community of Thunderbird users. So I guess mm. there's another – yeah. We'll see where this – you know, we'll follow this. I guess Gnome Foundation wasn't uh, super probably up on the top of the list because they're already kind of tapped out these days. But uh, Yeah, they already – they said that they wouldn't be able to handle such a change that, yeah, yeah. at this moment. Yeah. Well, it's good to see so people they, stepping up. It's an important project. I like the fact that Mozilla is opening to let them you know, use the trademark even though they're probably going to keep the trademark, but they're going to let yeah. the Thunderbird pro- uh, project mm-hmm. keep it. Yeah, good point. Good mm-hmm. point. Uh, Mr. WW, do you have any final thoughts on the Thunderbird situation? I, I think Thunderbird is an insanely reliable client. It's been rock solid for me. I have literally thousands of emails in it, and th- it doesn't take over 300 megs of RAM. But on one end... This is going to put a lot more pressure on Firefox. Like, people are going to be looking closer at them and saying, "Okay, you're done. You're done with Thunderbird. You moved on. What are you going to do for us now? You know, what are you going to do to compete with Chrome, with Microsoft Edge, with Vivaldi? And you know, are you going to be able to fix issues that you've had? People, I'm sure, are going to be looking at them more closely now. Hmm. Yes, I think yeah, I will definitely. Be. Yeah. All right, uh, one last uh, up, uh, update before we uh, get into some of the meteor topics. Last week, I think it was, we mentioned that one of the first reviews of the Ubuntu BQ tablet was pretty sour on it and not very not not very positive. Nope. Now, Jack, Jack Wallen uh, has his review out at techrepublic.com, and uh, he's got a little bit of a different take on it. And I think I like this one better because this feels more like – a more longer-term, bigger-picture Linux user who's, who's trying this. And so he, Someone who's open to it as well. Yeah. Somebody who might be coming at it more from my perspective of I'm okay with rough edges if I can accomplish X and right. then just stick with it as it develops. Here's what he said that grabbed my attention. And now, he's also got screenshots of what LibreOffice looks like on the thing and whatnot. But he says this. The only real issue with running full-blown version of LibreOffice on the Ubuntu tablet is the toolbars and menus, etc., are really on the small side. Because the resolution is super high, so you better have uh, good vision. Yep. 
but, uh, you know, he said, like, for example, he ran the GIMP. It's ready to go on the Ubuntu tablet. And here's what I really loved. The second the Ubuntu tablet connects to the wireless mouse, it switches over to desktop mode. That's when the real magic happens. All of a sudden, I'm working on a tablet that is in full multitasking mode. Windows act like Windows in the traditional sense. They can be resized, minimized, everything you've grown up to with on the desktop. Oh, that does sound really nice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you know, he says the only issue the Ubuntu tablet is when you switch to desktop mode, you do lose some horsepower. There's some significant lag in the cursor movement, and apps don't seem to open nearly as quickly. You know, that might be one of those things you got to wait till the next right. tablet. Right, I bet it but, over time. Yeah, and it could be. Uh, but he ends in a conclusion. I, I, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. So I'll, he, he has a great write-up, but I haven't linked it in the show notes, too. Um, but he says, canonically, canonically, <laughs> canonical, I am seriously impressed. He says, in desktop mode, I can actually get my work done in a similar efficient a manner as I would if I were standing right at my desk. That is, I, you know... That's sounding that's sounding uh, a lot better than the last review we read. You think so too, Mr. Colonel Linux? I do. I've actually for for a number of years been looking for a solution, a small portable solution that I can take with, with me everywhere. And so when that, you say number of years, you mean like ten? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically kind of been what I've always wanted. But it seems like there's no place. It seems like either my laptop is inconvenient to take places, or or bad things happen to it. Sometimes. Which we'll get into. So, uh, but if I could have a tablet, but the problem with the tablet is every time I try to use a tablet operating system, right? Like I get stuck and bogged down in it's good at tablety things, but I can't actually do desktop right. things. So the ability to switch back and forth is absolutely essential. Joe, you had a chance to play with it on Sunday. Yes, thanks to Wimpy at the uh, Egham Raspberry Jam. Nice. And the thing is, okay, if you look at it from our point of view, it's a great tablet in that you can get XMIR running, you can get LibreOffice. But then if you actually step back out of our little bubble, our kind of free software bubble, and think of it as a consumer product, the thing is absolutely terrible. I mean, you know that gesture um, where you swipe in from the right and you get all of the recent applications? Uh That was all juddery and and whatnot. And just the whole experience was not slick at all. You know, compared to my Nexus 9 Mm. running stock Android, it's it's just a a joke, really, for, you know, as a consumer product. And I don't know, maybe we're here to discuss the, the benefits of it. Um, you can run proper terminal applications on it. You can do everything you can with the Linux box, basically. But for the, the general public, and that's how this was sold, to, to me at least, if you look at the, the websites where you can buy this thing, it looks like a consumer product. I agree and the that, fact yeah. is, it is not a consumer product. It's not ready for market yet. Mr. Poby, I'm sure you must have some response to this. Uh, hello, sorry if my audio is terrible. I'm in a hotel room in Prague. Yeah, thank you for joining uh, us, even in the hotel room. That's awesome. Um, so interestingly, I got to play with a BQ uh, M10 for the first time today, other than the one I looked at Joe playing with over his shoulder at the weekend. <laughs> and um, I, I understand that the performance is, to, is pretty bad with the OTA that that. The dev- so the device is shipped with, I think, OTA 9, and then the first update you get is OTA 10. And as I understand it, there's a bug in OTA 10 which makes the mere performance pretty terrible, which is now fixed, which should land in OTA 11. So the performance it should be improved quite dramatically. I haven't tried all of the gestures that Joe was, um, but I will certainly have a play with it tomorrow and see if it's as bad as joe makes it out to be but um as i understand it it should be better in you know, ota 11 Poby, one of the things that i i kind of got on libram's 
uh, or Purism's case for was uh, it felt like they were marketing towards super, super, super freedom-aware users that would require things like core boot and no binary blobs, yet were shipping a device that had a proprietary blob and is not totally free, doesn't right. use core boot. And it's like, well, why didn't they just market to a different crowd? Why, why not market this to the tech enthusiast crowd? Is it just not simply a big enough market? Because it seems like that's all who's really going to end up buying it in the first few generations anyway. So it could end up saving a little face by just saying, well, this is really sort of for technical people. I know you don't have like an answer in terms of what the company's take is, but personally, do you think it's maybe would be better to target more geeky people to set expectations? Well, it kind of is. Uh, we like repeatedly have said, well, you know, it, it maybe we're giving out a mixed message. Maybe you know the marketing looks like it's consumer grade and it's aimed at normals, um, despite what we internally feel about. You know, we're not expecting this to be everyone who's got an iPad is going to go and buy one of these and replace their iPad with one of these. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we, we're not stupid enough to think that. Um, and similarly, you know, I know Joe has a Nexus Nine which he covets greatly, and and I don't expect mm-hmm. him to replace his his Nexus Nine with an M10 either. I I I think bear in mind this is our very first tablet. Yeah, we've had two two major phones so far um the bqs and the mx4 and now this one i think we're still iterating on things and yeah it's not it's not ready for my mum yet certainly um and we've had this conversation before on on unplugged Um, unlike unlike any other uh ubuntu experience though this is so closely tied to how good the hardware is because you know you get it all as one package and so it's going to take a couple of iterations of BQ's hardware, too, to get better and better for the higher-end stuff to reach the right price right. point. And it, the OS experience, like switching apps, stuttering, is going to suffer for a while, right? I mean, isn't and, that... And, and the flip side is, like, for the first time last night in a bar, I held a Meizu Pro 5 that I'd, n- I'd not seen before. And mm-hmm. oh, my God, that is yeah. light years ahead of every other device that we've had before. Right. It's super fast, super smooth. The UI is much slicker than than all of the devices we've had before. And I picked up my EQ 4.5 this morning and was like, oh, my Aww. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wimpy, you disagree with me on the hardware front? You think the BQ uh, tablet's in pretty good shape right now as far as uh, horsepower goes? I do. I, and, and just generally, the build quality of the hardware is very, very good. I've I've got a Nexus Nine, and most of my family have a Nexus Ten. So comparing it with the Nexus Ten, it's uh, a lot more trim and lighter. And it, uh, so the hardware, I've got no complaints wow. at all. I think hardware-wise, nobody's going to be disappointed. I've got the full HD model as well, and that the screen is very, very good. Hmm. So no, no complaints there. You can definitely feel the performance. I've used. Um, Ubuntu for devices on some of the Nexus devices, Nexus 4, Nexus 7, and the BQ5. Uh, and this is, you know, significantly better in terms of performance, despite, you know, some of the bugs that exist in some of the transitions when you've got the uh, the desktop mode enabled. That's what I really, where I really want the horsepower, mm-hmm. too, is if I'm in desktop mode, I'm working. Yep. If I'm in tablet mode, I'm probably consuming content. That seems likely. Browsing the web, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, Wes. So what do you think? What's your gut tell you on it? 
I'm excited to play with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, 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 maybe it's not ready for a, a mass number of people, but we're on the track, right? Like, it's out there, and it's real, and it's When does it get, get to the point where next time Wes is shopping for a tablet, this is a serious contender? Are we there yet? First, I have to actually shop for a tablet. I yeah. But but this is kind of like making me consider tablets again as a piece of technology I might want to buy. So kind of like me, you've sort of lost interest in you, them. Just like, uh, you have like one, it lasts forever because all you do is like look at Reddit on it. Or know, watch Netflix. Or watch Netflix yeah. or JB, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like if, if there's something suddenly I can just throw in my backpack and then, you know, if, if at work and then there's like a spare monitor, I plug it in yeah. and there's my desktop. Yeah. I could well, use that even I can if there's you, some rough edges. I can tell you for sure uh, – not to put words in Noah's mouth, but I could see like on a trip like this, a, uh, a tablet that could also double as a desktop would have been super handy. Right. Right. Well, well I can tell you this. It, it wouldn't have been – the tablet wouldn't have gotten relegated to throwing on the kitchen counter and saying, here, see if you can find a use for this to control some other hardware because uh, I don't really use it. So it's just been sitting in my backpack the whole time. Yeah, he donated a, a Nexus tablet too for us to wow. use for some production stuff. Uh, J- Joe, uh, I would be curious to hear your thoughts on the Maru. Yeah, so Maru is uh, a ROM for the Nexus 5, which is basically AOSP. It just is really boring Android until you plug it into a screen and you Bluetooth keyboard right. and mouse. And, then, and this is and based suddenly, on Debian, right? Yeah, then you've got right. a full Debian desktop. And I put it on a Nexus 5 and I took a, a little selfie video, then another video of it working. I downloaded and installed GIMP and OpenShot. I made the title cards in GIMP, edited it in OpenShot, extracted, uh, exported it, uploaded it to YouTube, all on the Nexus 5. And, you know, the thing about that is that it's taken two existing things that are solid. Android, we know, is a great platform. Debian, that's a no-brainer. And instead of trying to reinvent things and the not-invented-here syndrome, you've got a situation where the developer of Maru has taken these two solid platforms, put them together, and, you know, that that's exactly what we've been talking about, this, this idea of I can carry around a phone... Um, and do or you know there's no reason you couldn't do it on a tablet as well and then get to work plug it in and have a full desktop you know instead of trying to reinvent things sometimes it's better to just combine you know stand on the shoulders of giants and combine things that are good already i think there that's a pretty that's a pretty sound and pretty often heard argument and i would say that this is sort of it playing out on a major grand scale that we're all going to sit back and watch and, and it's not just this particular stuff too right it's also other things i mean that, windows has been big on the whole their version yeah. of convergence yeah yeah so we're well and i i think particularly with canonical and some of the decisions we're just going to see where this goes and uh i don't know yet if i think it's too early to call I think we'll have to see where the and, and we'll have to see how the other part of the picture is how the updates are delivered to the device, how regularly and and how much of a difference that makes. I think all that kind of plays a big piece too. You know, Noah, it it, it strikes me that we should totally load Maru on that Nexus Five that I bricked uh, earlier this week. Sure. Yeah, we should totally do that. That'd be t- I can uh, install it on mine. Too. Oh, you crazy! You should I'll do have it. it I'll have it for next week y- if you want. I'll yeah, do it. let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do a little take on. We it. could do it together. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, I should mention that throughout this episode, I've been installing uh, Etogros on the Apollo. That sounds. I nice. uh, I decided to I decided to step away from Ubuntu sixteen oh four for a bit, and the safe havens of Arch. And I, uh, but I didn't I didn't format. I drive swap, hence the story right. about drive yep. swapping. Mm-hmm. So I can go right back to 1604 because we had some spare parts. I kind of downgraded in terms of total storage. Right. So I'll probably eventually go back to the Ubuntu drives, but um, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to wreck that install because it was actually a pretty solid install of 1604. So I'm going to tell you guys more about that. But before we get into all that stuff, 
I also want to cover some Linux Fest Northwest clips. Uh, there was some good stuff, including one time where Wes stopped by the booth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so if people are watching the video version, they're going to get to see what Wes looks like here in just a little bit. Uh, hey, oh, a little surprise there. But first, I'm going to mention our friends at Ting. Uh, this is luck of the draw. You know, it's different everywhere you go, but uh, sometimes you just really score with your mobile service provider. That, for me, was Ting. You go to linux.ting.com to save. They have a CDMA and GSM network, and I'm, that's going to be key here. I'm going to tell you in just yeah. a moment. It, oh, man. Uh, but here's what's great. Uh, no contracts, no other termination fee, and it's only $6 for the line. And then you just pay for your usage on top of that. That's all you pay. You don't have to, like, pre-buy minutes and messages and megabytes and all that stuff that you might use. Like, I might use 800 minutes and I might use 10 gigabytes. Like, you, that's just not a game you play. Uh, it's super simple to activate your devices, especially, like, the Nexus devices. You just put the SIM card in and it, activate the SIM card and you're good to go. They have radically good customer service, radically better than the rest of the industry. And their dashboard also is just fantastic. But... You know, we just are super lucky. Um, <clears throat> Bellingham just has crazy good ting coverage. Uh, in the expo hall, sitting at the booth, Noah and I have LTE coverage. Nice. Which, uh, to be at a conference and have LTE coverage is so nice. So, And because a lot, just about almost all the JB crew there was on ting, we all had connectivity. So we could message each other, and it was crucial to making it a smooth Linux Fest. And a huge part of that is being able to choose your network. CDMA or GSM means that you can pick whichever stronger in your area and be able to do that. Just if you know what those things are, if you know there's something called GSM and CDMA and you vaguely know what they are and you can vaguely look up coverage maps, you're good to go. And Ting is Light years ahead. Yeah, and Ting is super easy when you understand that difference and they make control all yours with their excellent control panel. We're doing all this stuff. We never have to talk to customer service, nothing like that. It's a really good service and they have really great staff. Uh, in fact, they just recently did a blog post kind of about how they make their margins between different uh, towns and how they're making money on fiber internet rollout. They're just really open about that kind of stuff and transparent. So you can check out their blog. But first, go to linux.ting.com so we get the credit. Noah showed up with a $9 SIM card, which was awesome. I ended up using that. They have the Enjoy. Motorola E second gen, which I don't think I would want for myself when I could get the LG Volt, but the Motorola E second gen, $74, unlocked you own it. I would go for the LG Volt 2, though, because Marshmallow is coming up for that. Yeah. 66 bucks, no contract. You can do most everything you really need in a phone. That's ridiculous, right? And uh, it ships tomorrow. It's got, it's got a decent camera on the thing. It's got tri-band LTE connectivity. It's got, like, that faux metal back with the uh, little thingy there. Oh, the thingy. The thingy. What's that little, you know, it's got that little uh, shutter button right there. I mean, this is, this is seriously, uh, and a quad-core Snapdragon processor for 66 bucks. And it's, it's going to get Marshmallow. Yeah, I don't know if it has it yet because they just released the press release, like, a, a little bit ago. Uh, they also have internet phones. They have the blue dash, which is cool, for 103 bucks unlocked. All of these are no contract. Netgear Zing is my MiFi that I use. I've been thinking about getting one of those. Yeah, that's what I use. I love it. You can check them out. They have, like, the OnePlus on there. Or you can just go get, like, the Nexus. Uh, I don't know if they're still on sale at Google Play, but uh, they were recently. And then you just grab it and put it on the Ting network. Just start by going to linux.ting.com. That supports the show, lets them know you heard about it here. That keeps us on the air, and it gives you that discount. Or if you already have a device you can bring, it'll give you a service credit. linux.ting.com. Linux Fest Northwest. Uh, You guys couldn't all be there. Turns out. So we wanted to give you a little flavor. In the Unplugged program, I cut things a little loose. So I didn't Whoa. cut it like in last, you know, we'll put some transitions in there. I, I cut it right to when we do the introduction. Like it really stands out like in the clip where I introduce you. Like uh, 
there, you'll see me actually. You'll actually see me reset and, and then introduce you. Uh, but I just left all in there because this is the unplugged program. So I'm going to show. I'm going to show. I'm going to show you guys everything. Uh, so let's start with. Um, well, let's actually start with something that happened before we got to Linux Fest Northwest. Now you might have noticed in last week's episode, 141, the energy was really high. We were having a good, rambunctious time in last week's episode, and this is how it goes. You got all these projects, you know, we're finally reunited in person, we get to work on all these things, we get to do all this stuff. And so last week, uh, we all kind of huddled in the studio, because it was a full house, and Noah and I were sharing a microphone. Well... That was a really dumb idea. You might notice we're not doing that this week. <laughs> and uh, Noah had to pay a very high cost. And uh, we, the, the question came up, if you listen to last week's episode, you might hear something that kind of sounds kind of like something falling over, you know, something like something that maybe tipped over. And you might hear your host get really stressed out for a few moments. Uh, well, I'm not going to say exactly what happened because, well, we covered it on the live stream. Somebody, somebody noticed and asked us about it. Of course, uh, just West. Uh... And by the way, I am not drunk in this clip. <laughs> I am not drunk. Was I drunk at Linux Fest? Did I have anything? Not to drink? No. Not, not a, you didn't have time to get anything to drink. No, no. I, yeah, I was dehydrated of anything, uh, but just <laughs> exhausted because we'd worked so hard up to this point. It was it was a bumpy day uh, tech spent. wise, and and I was so happy when West showed up. I was it was good to see uh, a friendly face. Of course, uh, just West. Uh... You know how sometimes you're doing a show yep. and uh, things happen and you just got to keep doing the show. Like maybe you got to go get a beer, mm-hmm. you know, we're so good, one of us gets here. up and grabs a beer and the other guy keeps doing the show, right? Well, also same thing happens when you spill a beer. That does happen. So we were doing, uh, Noah and I were uh, sharing a mic in uh, Linux, un- Linux Unplugged, as you recall. What, what, you want this? Yeah. And uh, Wes is sitting there with us doing a show. Very fun. And uh, I was going to switch a camera shot, and I knock over my beer right on top of yeah. Noah's ThinkPad. And it was great because it wasn't like beer splashed. It was like a glug, 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 yeah, that, glug, there, glug, that sound glug. happened. And yeah. I think all of us in the studio were like, oh, crap. We can't say anything. What do we do? Let's be very quiet. So all anything. three of us just start silently communicating like while we're still doing the show. It's, that was, it was amazing. It was an intense moment. Yeah, it and was an intense moment. What's funny was I went back and listened. There's, I mean, if you know what you're listening You for, can hear the beer right, fall. Well, you, can, you can just, you can, you can tell. But, but if you didn't know what was happening, I don't know that anyone would know anything was you up. You have no idea. Like that. You could, Great, so you we could, just gave that away. You can hear yeah. a beer fall over in the episode, but you can't hear it pouring on the laptop. No, you don't hear the glue, 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 yeah, glue. Yeah, but, but you, you hear the funk, funk, funk. Well, yeah, and, and you also, you can hear like the stress in the voice. Oh, really? Can, oh, yeah. Oh, you can? A little bit. I That's bet. funny. So what, what was the outcome of said? Well, plug. it became a project to take it apart and try to drain it. Yeah. Uh... Now it's in this UPS box on its way back to Lenovo to get fixed. Yeah. Actually, it's not Lenovo. It's actually a guy that runs a YouTube channel that teaches people how to fix their computers at wow. the component level, like the soldering and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you have a MacBook or uh, you know or ThinkPad or anything, and the, the, like the controller goes out in it, you know, Apple will tell you that you need to buy a new computer. That it, it yep. is there's not Replace it's the not whole, yep. repairable, right? And he will show you how to buy a thirty nine cent component and solder it back into your computer. Now, you know he has a good YouTube channel because he led me to believe that I was so confident in what I could do that I could fix my own computer, which did not work out well at all. So now I'm going to send it to but him and he can fix it. someone more confident than you probably could have. Yes, that is true. That is true. 
Yeah, we were we were sad because that is really sad. It looked like it might just be a simple keyboard issue, right? Uh, and then, of course, in the disassembling to try to resolve the keyboard issue. It doesn't really it go back together. By the way, whoever came up with the ribbon cables, screw all you, y'all. Screw all y'all. Yeah. Uh, I want a little white connector with individual pins that I can plug in and unplug. Dude, I got it. Yeah. Lasers. <laughs> Lasers. Uh, so, uh, as Popey would probably point out, the ThinkPad should have been fine. Right, Popey? Right? The, the ThinkPad, it has the drain holes. It, it, it should have been right. okay. Yeah, it's his enterprise hardware. Yeah, I mean, Popey is—he's like a fanatic. So he's—he's he's efficient. He knows about these things, and of course, well, you would think so. But first, before we get to that, uh, this just because you couldn't see what happened, Noah wanted to recreate how things likely went down in the studio. If we could have said something to each other, uh, this is uh, this is that moment. Oh my God! I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that. It was totally accidental. But here's the thing: I'm on air doing Linux Unplugged. So if we stop right now to address this, we have to start the entire episode over because we recorded all in one cut and my feet are really nasty because this is sticky and there's stuff all over so paper towels could get in here that'd be great <laughs> that was pretty much it yep. yeah i like that you put on my shirt uh, to do that noah <laughs> <laughs> although you know you didn't get the collar quite right i'm just saying that's right yeah it's okay it's my I for the hair to be right too but i think i failed on that too yeah <laughs> yeah you, yeah the ribbon cables so noah tried to disassemble it and make sure there was no beer in there and the keyboard did get kind of wrecked even though it has the drain holes it got kind of wrecked so he disassembles it to see if anything else gets wrecked good news it's just the keyboard nice. so he orders himself a keyboard keyboard arrives turns out the thing doesn't go quite back together quite well, right i was following i was following a youtube guide and the guy literally in the video is like well, well this cable here i never quite figured out how to disconnect it properly so if you just yank on it really hard it comes disconnected and that was about the point where i realized my thinkpad was screwed <laughs> and i should probably <laughs> and i should probably send it into lewis to get him to fix it oh no wow oh yeah yeah so uh this you guys gotta remember this was saturday Things were a little crazy, oh, and there was there was a competition nigh. The Switch competition was that evening, and so that's really where a lot of our thoughts were. And Noah, the, 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 just the thing about Noah is you could try to set things up so that he'll go to bed early, and no matter what you do, he's still going to be up till 2 a.m. in the morning in the lobby of the hotel talking about, you guessed it, he goes down there to talk about Linux and ends up with a bunch of people sitting around him, and they're all talking about Linux instead of sleeping. We get a little bit of peek of that, and then watches Noah pivots from that and starts recruiting him to try to help with the Switch competition. The man is unstoppable. <laughs> Okay, so now you're recording. So here's a, by the way, I just uh, included a little bit of this. This here is uh, the, sh- the shot of our booth, if you guys didn't get to see so much of the live coverage. Sweet booth. Yeah, it was really great. It's Chase in the bottom corner, and I'm over there in the other corner. Uh, there's Albert Westra, and there's uh, Jed's butt over there. Uh, so you guys can catch that, which is nice. Uh, so it was a really cool, it was actually a great booth. And uh, so we were sitting there just kind of uh, uh, getting things fixed up, and uh, Noah's buddy stops by. Did you watch that episode? I didn't, I had no chance. Okay, no, that's fine. So it, it, uh, so I host the show with yep. Chris, if, uh, if that isn't evident. <laughs> you should recap yet. the story yeah, a so little bit. I was walking, you were walking in the hotel, and you look over my shoulder, and you're like, Hey, is that Linux? Hey, is that Linux? Yeah, I heard yeah. the story. And then you, just, then you mistakenly thought you were just going to walk off and go back upstairs and look, go to bed. <laughs> Or something like no, that's not going to happen. 
So I was like, no, come on over here. So then you decided you had to go. You were going to go get your your significant other, and your brother was with you, right? Yeah. Oh, there's your brother. There he is. Yeah. Hello, Hussan. That's that, that's Hussan, and that's Devin. Hussein. Hussein, and that's Devin. Devin. Yeah. And you're new. Yes. Uh, okay. Check out his tattoo. Yeah, I like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm guessing you use Linux then, if you bothered to ink it on your body. <laughs> He's a Linux user. You're a Linux user. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> you can stay. Graft it on your skin. You better be. Yeah. Right. So we sat down. We, we, we uh, yeah. What do you think it was? Like an hour conversation? Two oh hour my conversation? god! Hour and a half at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, uh, what time? What time of night is this? Uh, two in the morning. Yeah, I didn't get to bed uh, before two. Dude, you ever sleep? No, we got to sleep to talk about Linux. You got to sleep tonight. You got. There was Linux to talk about. He tells me he has to be here at eight thirty. I'm like, oh my god! You know what? I just sleep in. It's not a big deal. I'm in the dock. I know. And he's got to be live all day. But there was there was Linux to be had. Yeah. Okay. So we sat. We talked about Linux. We talked about Arch. We talked about Ubuntu. Anyway, super super cool people. And thank you. You guys are so you actually travel here every year for the last six years. Yeah, something like that. Five 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 years, four years, four to six years, something like that. So tell me about that. Why do you come all the way from Vancouver to to come to Linux Fest? There's nothing like this. Linux Fest is unique. Every conference is unique, but Linux Fest being free and open to everybody is is very like the community in and of itself, and it's just so much difference than a paid conference. The talks are more yeah. inclusive. People yeah. are more friendly. We yeah. had a crazy conversation yeah. at two a.m. Really? Now, now you now you've attended Linux Con, so you've gone yeah. to, to both sides. I call it both sides of the so corporate Linux. Can, yeah. Can you compare and contrast the two events for me? Corporate Linux. The talks are very more in depth. Like the speakers clearly work in the field, and like there's no question that they know what they're talking about. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of intimidating because. Like these are these are hardcore heavy professionals, mm-hmm. and it's not that you don't get that here. There's definitely those kinds of talks here, yeah. but it's it's more like reading a forum where people just kind of talk and and you get it more of a community feel with even the talks. Yeah, yeah. and you can I you guess, know you yeah. and and so have you ever been to Linux uh, LinuxCon or OSCon or any any of the, like the big like corporate events? Have you ever been to that and yeah. and and had any sort of like spontaneous, completely unplanned, totally un- uh, unwarranted uh, community? <laughs> <laughs> events like we had because yeah, it wasn't just him it was him and it was Devin and it was and it was his and then uh, yeah, and your then, buddy Sean uh, Sean was there uh, you know so it's like we had like this little group yeah. that just uh, assembled at the hotel yeah, I mean like right now we have this group that, that is forming <laughs> here so how, how you know can you uh, you know have you ever had something like that happen at one of those uh, larger events it's different. I chatted with John Mad Dog Hall on the bus to the, to the cool. after party. So, yeah. I mean, you know. That's a perk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's it's not the same where people just talk. And I think because you see Mad Dog Hall, it's hard to just interject in the conversation. And I was talking with um, that guy at the Software Freedom Law Center. I forget his name. He, he does some really awesome stuff. Even? Evan? Yes. No, no. Shit. Maybe it was. Yes, yes, yes it was even Molan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, awesome conversation. We're talking on the floor. Crowd forms around us, but nobody yeah. wants to talk and yeah, interject yeah. because yeah. it's even freaking Moglin. Yeah, How yeah, do you yeah. Talk to the guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm weird. I just like to talk to people. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nothing, works. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so I want to. I do, do want to talk. Uh, I do want to talk to your brother. I do want to talk to your girlfriend. But um, can you tell me if if you were? Can you tell me what you would say to somebody that has that maybe is thinking about coming to Linux Fest but hasn't really been here or isn't really sure? They're kind of on the fence. What would you say if if somebody asked you, uh, what you what they should do or, or you having so much experience coming to Linux Fest, what you would say to them? 
Mm. I wouldn't waste their time. I I just say come and check it out. You can't know until you're here. All right. It's, last it's thing. Different in person. La, la, last thing. One last thing. This is kind of like a the icing on the cake. You have like the cake and then you have the icing. Sure. Tell me about text messages and being concise. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. You you yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Tell me um, this. Tell me this. Everyone needs to hear this. This is a PSA. Kind of like how I did I just there. got three text messages while you asked that oh question. Oh my god. Yeah, in one thread. In one, yeah yeah yeah. Kind of like I did just there, where I took ten seconds to organize my thoughts, and the host didn't mind. They you know they interjected and said something while I organized my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that here. I'm kind of spamming it out. Okay, but that's all right. You organize your thoughts and you get it out. In and one message. One message. Because otherwise, and you know, I wear this watch, and this watch vibrates every time I get a message. Oh my god. How does it help you to answer if you get like three spams rather than, than just one, one concise message? It doesn't. It drives me. I start, I start to think, oh, there must be an emergency. I better yeah. check right with. Oh, no, it just spread out. It spread out over four messages. And when it comes to an actual emergency, you'll just be ignored. So you're lost, but. Yeah. One message, keep it concise. All right. Can we talk to your girlfriend or your brother who was ever Absolutely. up or both? Anybody? Next up? So I know it was. Uh, no, that was. That was particularly for me because he knows that. Uh, well, that was kind of funny about this guy too. Is so he sits down right and he sees a Jupiter Broadcasting sticker on our laptop and he goes, "Oh, do you guys listen to Jupiter Broadcasting?" And so I, you know, I stop for a second to see if he's trolling me, if he's serious, and he's serious. I'm like, "Yeah, no, we do." Uh, and he's like, "Are they any good? The show's any good?" I'm like, "Yeah, hosts are all right." That there's one guy in the Linux Action Show, kind of darker skin. He's kind of a Kind of a jerk, but all the other everything else about. So then, he, then we start talking about the you know the the episodes and stuff, and that's when I told him I said you know go watch the Ubuntu versus Arch episode. I think that would clarify some of the things that you know we were talking about or whatever. But I thought it would be funny if he had seen it before he actually came over to the booth. And then he shows up at the booth and turns out, oh, that's the guy. Uh, yeah. So there. So what happens uh, a few moments after that, and this is super funny, is his girlfriend says, "No, I don't really feel like sitting down," and I just decided not to. I just that was long enough clip. I wanted to cut it, but the next thing that Noah does. When the when the when his girlfriend declines to sit down, he says, "Okay, okay, will you guys do me a favor? Will you go out and find anybody running Windows and tell them to come see me? And huh. then, and maybe this is actually probably a good thing I cut it out is then he gives out his Telegram handle. He's like, or just have them Telegram me. Uh, let's organize this thing because he's getting super competitive. And just as we start getting competitive." Guess who stops by for a chat? Guess who stops by? Why, yes, it's Emma. And I was step- I had stepped away from the booth for a couple of seconds. Uh, and so uh, Noah and Angela were sitting on the live stream because I was out taking a walk around the floor. I wanted to get a feel for it. And Emma stops by to talk uh, – well, talk about actually switching people to Linux, which is really interesting if you're trying to switch people to Linux. And she also talks a little bit about the switch competition. Yeah, yeah. Come over did here. Did you hear yeah. that we did a hashtag team Noah? I did. Okay. Why isn't there a hashtag Team Emma? There no, needs there, to be. There is. There is now. Hashtag. Hashtag what Team. Are you, doing? You, you pointed that way. Oh, I was pointing to the sign. Oh, oh. No, you were fine. It's right in the center. Right, okay. Learn how to frame. Man. I was just Come pointing. To, I can't well, see the it. camera got moved, so we, I can't we're not it. centered anymore. I, I can't see it. And when you're somebody good. does this, you're good. I think that means. I'm sorry. That's, oh, it's okay. Nope, it's all right. That's good. Team Emma. So team, hashtag, hashtag Team, team Emma. Emma, which is the. T- this is so. What we're doing here. This is the team that you don't want to go for. That, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. If you want a awesome, exp- I'm going to get in trouble now. You're going to get me in trouble now. My boss is going to see me hanging a sign on our camera that says Team Emma. What are you guys doing to me? This was a setup. <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> so if you're looking for an awesome experience on hardware, if you didn't, let's say you didn't want to be switched to Linux on your computer, let's say you just wanted Linux to work on your computer, then you might consider System76, right? So tell me, how, how long have you been at System76, Emma? Almost four and a half years. And what do you do for them? 
I am the consumer sales manager. And what does that mean exactly? I manage individual sales. So um, if it's not a business or a university, um, I'll handle all aspects of the sale, including uh, sales questions um, over the phone or on our social networks. And um, that's about it. So do you get a lot of Windows users that call in and want to, uh, that are looking to switch to Linux? Yes. Everyone um, starts the conversation with, you know, I'm just so sick of Windows, and I Googled, and I found you guys. So, Oh, it's not. I listen to Jupiter Broadcasting. And <laughs> that is actually very common, too. But you guys don't have, um, you guys have more Linux users listening to your show. Sure. So. Thank you. Because I think you guys switch them by, by having the show, so... What uh, when when people call in? <clears throat> do you guys sell Windows hardware? Like, if I wanted to buy a computer with Windows, do you no. guys ship that? No. So when you so when somebody when somebody calls in and they say I'm interested in a computer, is there a conversation that takes place where you have to convince them that that they need to buy they're going to buy this computer and keep and 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 have Linux installed and use it, or have they already made that decision when they call in? Um, a lot of times they've made the decision that they're fed up with it, but then they have some questions about why they're hesitant. So okay. I'll answer maybe five or six questions, and then they'll get happier as the conversation goes. Like I can hear them smile every yeah. time I give them an yeah. answer, and they're like, "Oh, this is sounding great already. This is so much better than Windows. I'm so excited." You know, now, so I get them excited. Now, what? And when you when you're talking to these people, you're having these conversations. What kind of questions are they asking? Um, do I need virus protection? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of apps are installed? What mm-hmm. kind of software will work with it? Can I open Windows documents? Um, what are some alternatives for certain types of software? Uh-huh. So um, those are pretty much the most common questions. And what kind of support is there available? And, you know, we always we offer lifetime software support, so oh, that's really? a winner, too. <laughs> so so after so you have a one-year warranty on the hardware? Uh-huh. So after that one year, they can continue to call in and ask questions, even if it's not the version of Ubuntu that shipped on their laptop, and you will continue to help them? Um, for hardware, yes. So we don't ever turn away anyone for support. So, but wow. we do offer a one-year, two-year, or three-year warranty, so that would cover the cost of the parts and repair. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do need a part and you're out of warranty, we'll still get you the part. Now, so. How many people have called in and said, I am I, I'm a perfectly happy Windows user and I don't really have any interest. Or, uh, they, they, they haven't like started the conversation with switching to Linux. And have you, have you dealt with that? Where- you know why he's asking, right? I know why he's asking. He's asking because he's trying to determine how how big of a challenge she faces. Right. What he's trying to set here is the narrative that they're already on the way to switching when they call. And that's what he's and he's sitting over there laughing and shaking his head because he knows that's true. And and so this you this is how competitive Noah is, is even in the Ooh. interview questions he's setting it up that way. It's so it's so great. You have talked them from I'm I think I'm an, I'm maybe not a perfectly happy Windows user, but it's tolerable and it works for me, into you need to start running Linux. No, they're always just so close to the edge. Gotcha. So I'm just that hand to hold. (laughs) Okay, now I have to ask, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you here at the Fest, is there a way for them to do that? 
Yes, they can um, either tweet to System76 or contact us through our Facebook page. Okay. Or come by our booth. Yeah. And your booth is one one. How, how do you identify booths? Uh, I don't know. Second to the last hallway. In I don't. Second to the last row in from the door. If you come, I would just call it the middle. They are B two. B two. Oh, there. Oh, look at you pulling out. Oh, look at you being smart. Here's us. There, there we are. See, and that's so. Hey, they're the next row, right behind you, Slug. Thanks. So, that's System 76. Well, well, thank you very much for stopping by the booth. Yeah, I just wanted to come troll with yes. my... Oh, yeah. Yes. That's not trolling. You, are you, in fact, Team Emma? Huh? Are you, in fact, Team Emma? Hashtag. I am. Then it's I not am, trolling. I am, the am Team Emma. The only thing trolling well, is making me hold that up with someone, my bosses I was going to come by and be like... Oh. <laughs> that would be trolling. Yeah. That, 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 that was my original plan. That would be trolling out of 10, as we're saying. Oh, jeez, Noah. Oh, jeez. Trolling out of 10. So, yeah. what's So, that was what's funny is I was I was like watching this back on the replay I'm like Noah is totally pumping and he's thinking to himself okay so when they come to Emma they're already sort of greased to be switching uh, uh, whoa, whoa, so that was that was pretty funny to see his that was uh, great. wheels turning there uh, okay so after Emma stopped by we started realizing we may have ourselves a situation we had we started a couple of things had gone down on the live stream and we decided to get up and go for a walk and we went, and when we started walking around, we started picking up a little scuttlebutt. And by the time we made it back to the live stream, we could definitely feel the tension building for the night's switch competition. And uh, well, I'll let the clip speak for itself. Do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Oh, and West stops by too. Hey, there he is. Howdy, howdy, sir. Sit down in the hot seat. Have a seat with us. How you doing, Wes? Wonderfully. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Wes. Wes, grab the mic. You got to eat it a little bit. You got to eat that. Oh, hello. You file when you're ready there, Mr. Chase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here in the hot seat is, of course, one Mr. Wes Payne from Linux Unplugged. Wes, good to see you in the flesh, sir. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. How did the drive up treat you? Not too bad. I thought it was going to rain. It looks like it's going to rain. Yeah. It's an angry day out there. It is. No, nothing. It's treacherous in the Pacific Northwest. It's actually Northwest. kind of pleasant. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a live stream event without at least a little weather chatter, right? you got to have at least a little weather chatter because True. that's what makes filling on the live stream a, a real a real experience is discussing the weather. So hold on. Let's play that back. I've up to you. Not too bad. I thought it was going to rain. It looks like it's going to rain. It's gorgeous. It's an angry day out there. It is. No? That is some of the best weather commentary <laughs> I have ever heard. It's an angry day out there. And then I, lo- and I, then I just play off. It's treacherous out there. Oh, nothing. It's treacherous in the it's Pacific. <laughs> yeah. A wonderful day for Linux. Yeah. I've actually gotten a chance to go out and do like, a you little walk around the campus a couple of times. Before, stretch my legs. It's nice it. to be in Bellingham. It is. And tonight should be a pretty fun night. We have the big switch competition. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and we're going out. How's our main man? Feeling. I, uh, you know, here's you the ready? thing. You ready? No, I'll tell you what. Here's I mean, you were born ready. We know that. I, yeah, I was. I, you pay attention. That's what I like about you. No, uh, so I think that um, I think that I, I really, I gotta, I gotta watch my back because I, because yeah. I, well, here's, what, here's what I, here's what I, here's what I know. I know that there is, there is no one more dangerous than somebody who is truly motivated. And I was over at the at the System Seventy Six booth, yeah. yep. and hashtag Team Emma. They're taking, yeah, they are. They're taking it seriously. And the thing is, she has a lot of stuff going for her that I don't have going for me. So, for example, she can off if you switch with M. Like if you switch with me, well, yeah. first of all, the she's support. Attractive. 
Well, there's that. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that you doesn't to look. Hurt, but that's not going to yeah. help you run Linux. And, and you, you're like some weird Indian. I, I am. <laughs> so. But uh, they haven't deported me yet. But no. <laughs> not normally think, around now, very no, many people, you know. But now think about this. If you switch with me, the support ends when, when I leave, right? Because let's face it, uh, I'm going back to Grand Forks and good luck with your Linux right. install. But now Emma's Emma, got the System76 back. They've got a yeah. phone number. They have a whole team full of yeah. people on standby yeah. to switch. And when you go to upgrade buy a different computer or you decide that you need a little bit more horsepower, she yeah. can easily just... It, it's literally just a dovetail into a brand new machine loaded with the same operating system you've already used. So, there, so she does have some major, major I'll, advantages. I'll tell you That's why. Here's, here's why I'm worried. And, uh, uh, you know... The, we, the the fact that we are in our own backyard, yep, uh, could actually be dis, a disadvantage to us. Yeah, in we're that, a little complacent. Uh, yes, we're a little yes. complacent, and uh, because we're here, people, you know, people watch the show. They're letting her know that they're back in Noah, right? Yeah, well, actually, right? so that's kind of put her back on her heels a little oh. bit. And I'm thinking when you get somebody back on their heels a little bit, they're more aggressive. They are. And the thing is, is there will be a counter pressure to that. There will be a counter wave. It'll swing the other direction. Yeah, I think by the by the approach of the evening. Support for Team Emma will be building, and you actually we can see this in the email. There's there actually people are sending it in. That is high resolution wow. screen. I tell you what, 4K display. Yeah, uh, the, uh, fancy, rave, fancy. raving raving fan writes in and says, "I'm for hashtag Team Emma because she's so happy to help new Windows users get set up with running Ubuntu." That's what I'm saying. She is patient, wow. polite, never makes you feel like you're stupid for not knowing how to add a printer or something like that. Plus. She's pink bedazzled workspaces, and you can't go wrong with that. Go hashtag Team Emma. That's a Winky real grassroots emoticon. support, right? Smiley face is, emoticon. This is what I'm thinking: is I think there will be a groundswell in for Emma because she's nice. She's got the backing of System 76. She's got she's got a pink thing in her hair that matches her shirt. Ooh. That catches the eye. Yep. And Noah didn't bring his glass, so that was that's a huge BSD horn. That's a huge conversation starter for him. It's a huge conversation starter. So I'm just a little concerned mm. that. I, so what? And here's the other thing. We're not doing the switch here at Linux, right? Because these are mostly Linux users. No. We have to go out into the crowd where we lose uh, our familiar advantage, right? So I'm just yeah, and 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 I think we may even Jupiter Broadcasting. What's that, Chris? I know, and and to make matters worse, I think we may actually have a defector in our midst. Oh, yeah, I think we have somebody who may be who may have leaked at, at one of our planned locations to Team Emma. Yeah. So it's there is, no way, isn't it? There is a lot going on on top of the fact that we're here doing a show, right? Like, I, I, I forget about the show at some point because there is just so much di- dynamics to this to keep track of. And, and you know, you got people uh, in the JB crew betting behind the scenes on this thing. Uh, you, got, you got people now defecting to Team Emma. Oh, you have man. a groundswell in the community. Drama. It is down to the wire, Wes. So, so like... Like every Linux Fest Northwest, as much as you can handle and more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, it is an extreme Linux Fest. Yeah, the the uh, so then it was just a couple of hours after that that the Switch competition uh, kicked off, and uh, it was nuts. And we will have the final results in uh, Sunday's Linux Action Show. Um, and it, it was really kind of intense for us as the hosts because we kept it all a secret from each other and right. all of that. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it has been crazy, and uh, I have a couple of photos I wanted to share with you guys, too. Uh, This is a great picture here of Noah. This is what he spent a lot of his time here doing, is rebuilding computers, swapping parts around. You can see uh, there's just screws and uh, pieces everywhere, uh, paper plates, pizza rolls. It's basic fuel for Tablets, uh, motherboard boxes. This is a a picture from the... uh, uh, after party, where I could only get so many people in one shot, it was just there was people everywhere hanging out around the studio. 
This is a shot here of some of the pizza. Here, let me uh, take off the lower third there so you can see all of the pizza. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it's fe- we fed a lot of people. Uh, it was healthy eating while we were all here. And then, of course, uh, there's Emma. Hey. She stopped by. Yeah, she, oh, that Emma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> she got she got in the studio and we had some fun. Uh, yeah, so it was all good time. In fact, I got a little clip. Uh, if you're watching the video version here, just a little clip of us. We went out to dinner after the Switch competition. <laughs> Well, that's way louder than I wanted to. I apologize for that. Here, let me pull it down a little bit. Here, I'll, so just you can see the venue a little bit for those of you that are watching. Oh, then <laughs> the, the, the player died. Come on, Googs. <laughs> you know what? Video is hard for Googs. It's you know what, Googs. I understand it's been hard for us this week too. <laughs> there we go. There now it's gone. That's the table we, we took up, and and uh, the crew that helped us out. There's Ian from System 76 playing on his uh, his Game Boy. It was a, it was a lot of fun at the day. We went to uh, a really nice place. Uh, uh, what was it called? The Boundary Bay. Yeah, Boundary, Boundary Bay. Bay. Oh man! And Noah, you said it was one of your favorite places we'd been yet. Oh, hold on. Sorry, no, I don't. I don't hear you. Sorry, Noah. Hold on, Noah. Get get your audio working. But yeah, yeah. of course, when Noah's here, we got to go to a lot of places. It was very good. <laughs> Totally worth it. We'll have to feature some of their totally beer on uh, maybe the next oh, week's Unplugged. Oh, Wes, I like the way you think. I like the way you think. And if you want to change the way you think, I would like to point you over to Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged and get our great discount right here on the Unplugged program. The OG source of the Unplugged discount, linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. It's a great platform for you to learn more. They have 2,379 videos where you can obtain experience as you need to learn and practice right there on their lab servers provided by the Linux Academy. They spin them up on demand, seven distros you can choose from automatically adjust the course where they have scenario-based labs. You get right in the middle of everyday common tasks, stuff that gives you real-world experience. Instructor mentoring is available on these complex Linux-related topics. Everything built around Linux, technology on top of it, like OpenStack, Nginx, Ruby, Python, Android development. You name it, Wes, they've got it, Wes. Graded server exercises are awesome. They have a fantastic technology stack. You know what I don't mention enough? Because I don't want to upset Michael Dominic. PHP. Right? Mm-hmm. PHP. Yeah. They have in-depth resources available to you. A Instructor hell? Dude, instructor mentoring is the best. In fact, we should mention, I don't know if I told you this, instructor help is available. What? Yeah, Wes, did you know that? <laughs> How is that even possible? Total, totally Linux new information. Academy, you dog. <laughs> practice exams are also the bee's knees for getting all of your practice in before you actually go out there and try to take the big test. They have enhanced learning plans where you can tell it your availability and they will customize it for your busy, busy schedule. AWS, OpenStack, DevOps, anything around Linux, they have the best courseware on it. LinuxAcademy.com slash unplugged. And a big thank you to Linux Academy. Go check out also their live seminars and their nuggets, all that good stuff. It's the kind of nuggets that are actually good for you. Two to 60 minutes in-depth resources. LinuxAcademy.com slash Unplugged. So I, uh, as the show has been going, have been loading uh, Antergros on my Apollo, switching it from always uh, a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really was switching it from Ubuntu sixteen oh four Unity to Antergros. Ah, yes. And uh, I, you know, you could watch uh, episode four hundred and thirteen of the Linux Action Show where we reviewed Ubuntu sixteen oh four. Uh, to hear my thoughts on how Ubuntu is difficult to install software. You will also hear Noah's thoughts on why it is not difficult. However, Noah himself has admitted 
And this is, I, I actually think this is kind of a big deal, that Ubuntu 16.04 has kind of disenfranchised him from Ubuntu for a bit. Noah, do you want to explain Whoa. what's going on? I have literally gotten to a point where 16.04 is no longer even usable for me. I mean, I have it unloaded on this laptop. Half of everything I was preaching on Sunday was based off the idea that it, with the LTS, I know that I'm getting limited software, but the software that is on there will work just fine. Well, as it turns out, 1604 has screwed even that up because I can't install the software. Like I go goes in the software center and I launch into an inadvertent game of ping pong, and then I install GDBI to install it, and the software might install, but then half of these apps don't actually load properly and if they do load properly the menus don't work properly and if those work properly i realize i'm not on the internet half the time because my network manager crashes and if that works properly i I just it seems like every time i turn around there's another problem and how this qualifies as an lts I, I, i can't i can i can't as a Linux enthusiast, and you know, you see me all the time, right? I'm I'm so, somewhat of an optimist. I, mean, I, I tend Rakai always calls me the lowest denominator Linux. Like I'm like, well, if it boots and I can see something, I call it good. But this is beyond unusable. It's beyond unusable, and I, I'm sure they'll get it fixed. But they have stained the mark of the LTS at this point because they have released quote reliable, solid, long-term support software. And it's totally useless out of the box. Yeah, and when we were at Linux Fest, everybody was kind of nodding their heads when we were complaining about stuff. Uh, Joe, what's your experience been? Well, I downloaded it today, 1604. I'd been busy, so I've only just got a chance to check it out. And one of the first things I wanted to do is install Chrome because that's what a lot of people do. So I downloaded the the Deb, uh, opened it, opens up the software center or software install, it's called now. Mm -hmm. And you press install and just nothing happens. And then I pressed install, nothing happened. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, so I thought, okay, right, well, dpackage dash i, uh, and then the path to it. And then it gave me the, the issue about the SHA-1 problem because they've, mm-hmm. um, they've tightened up the security. Right. Now, for me, I know how to get around that. But for your average user who Ubuntu is aimed at, that's not a very good situation, is it? No, I just installed not. Chrome as during the show on Ubuntu, and I mean, I paste, I did it with via PPA, pasting from in, from a website into the terminal, but it was the same kind of experience. Where I was like, I could do it, but that's not great. So uh, the things that uh, I've I've personally ran into are are sort of are sort of disappointing for myself too. I have had some serious issues with Network Manager, and I've had some issues with Intel graphics when I'm hooked up to a second monitor. Ironically. Other people have had the issue when they're not hooked up to a second monitor. My issues have been when I am hooked up to a second monitor. Uh, And uh, if you go back and watch the review, I said this was the most exciting Ubuntu release in a long time. And I still kind of feel that way in some sense. Like, I'm not really hesitant to use it on a server. server. Uh, Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited still there. Yeah. Like, okay. LXDE 2.0 is out. You know, uh, they've got ZFS support. Yeah, exactly. They've got snap packages will eventually be shipped. I'm sure. I'm... I hope. Uh, but on the desktop, this has been bad. This has been – and, you know, the Unity version seems to be the worst because I primarily spent my time on Mate and on Kubuntu, and they didn't suffer from so some There's a of lot of problems. infrastructure on those that kind of mask these problems. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I am I – am, I watched back our review today, actually, on, on LAS, and I ended it by saying I was extremely excited. I got to say I'm – I'm pretty disappointed as far as a desktop experience goes. Uh, just every single day, every single day, there has been an application that I have needed that is not available. It, literally every single day. It is this whole weekend. You know, is a little bit of a of a rare exception where we're doing a lot of things. But it has been a so today. I wanted to I wanted to cut those videos of of um, Linux Fest from our live stream. Right. And uh, this is the, the the video editor we never talk about on this show. 
is the best video editor out there. It is, dude. It's called AvidMux. And it's yeah. you can you can mark an endpoint, and I took videos that were wrapped in the FLV flash container, dropped oh, them I in, know that one. Dropped it in AvidMux, marked my in and outs, and saved them out as uh, and I ex- and I didn't have to reencode. It just extracts oh, H.264 awesome, in the it? audio and saves them out as MKVs. So not only did I cut my in and outs in the stream files, but I also converted it from a .FLV to MKV without reencoding the video. It's a really good tool. I use it for all my clips on Unfilter all the time. It's my number one editor. It's like a nice, like, gooey equivalent of FFmpeg's power and yes. flexibility. And uh, go ahead and try to install that on Ubuntu 16.04. One of the best, one of the best quick little apps. Uh, you could, you'll find PPAs. You can get those PPAs, and then dependencies won't work. You can try to download Debs from Git Deb, but uh, it won't work. Uh, you cannot actually go download a 16.04 deb directly no from the project. No installation candidate. No, there's nothing. It's 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 and it's every single week. Or I'm sorry, every single day. It's an actual useful application. It's not an esoteric, strange app that just got posted up on GitHub. It's real desktop applications on Linux are a pain in the ass to install, and that is a, an egregious one. Um, and 16.04 has been just really extremely spotty, and I had intended. As of last week's episode, to keep Ubuntu on this Apollo for as long as I possibly could. And now, using it here, I, I, I had to take it off. It was just, it just, I, I can't even use it for my workflow. It, it's, it has got to be the, one of the worst LTS releases for the desktop ever. And, and I, I don't think it's impossible to fix. I think 1604.1 or 2. So in like six months, you could be, I would, your review could be completely different. I would say maybe even three months. Yeah. But what the hell happened? And they've been so good at releases in the past. Well, I, I just don't understand what happened. I don't, yeah. I mean, it's not like, uh, anyways. So uh, we were a little disappointed to, I mean, I think probably know the most, but all of us were sort of disappointed in it. Uh, and so, and it was also like, uh, so it, just as another example, if you want the latest version of OBS on Ubuntu, you need to install Ubuntu 14.04. Really? And even that is two-point releases behind. Now, guess what we needed to use this weekend? OBS. OBS. Yep. And the only way to get the – so uh, this week, <laughs> turns out, they revved OBS with Intel QuickSync support nice. and oh. NVIDIA – I forget what NVIDIA's uh, GPU accelerated. But the same thing. Yeah, their GPU accelerated encoding which we have an Intel i7 processor and an NVIDIA GPU in our OBS rig. And we would love to take advantage of accelerated encoding. The only way to do that cleanly in a package-managed environment was for us. We loaded Arch. Wow. And we tried to do Ubuntu. Right. Now, up on SATCOM 1 and SATCOM 2, we're still using Ubuntu, but we need to, yeah, we actually have to use Ubuntu 14.04. So we just had to deploy two Ubuntu 14.04. And that's not totally, totally outrageous in enterprise production, but it is kind of outrageous for us. Right. So I, uh, even on the server, we actually have deployed a few 16.04 servers over the last few days as well. I haven't uh, yet, but I probably will soon. Yeah, I've, I've deployed a couple. Um, but I don't think anything, no, nothing in the, uh, yes, you can just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down, but nothing in the uh, video production chain now is using 1604, right? Everything's 1404 or Arch. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that needs to be more current and, uh, you know, need to have the latest support is Arch. And then the stuff that's on the back end more stable that stuff, handles, like, all of the back end communications, SATCOM 1 and 2, are, for, are Ubuntu 1404. Right. And uh, and that w- and it's kind of an indictment in some sense on the release. Uh, Mumble Room, anybody have thoughts or an opposite opinion? Well, I was just going to say that at least the online search is off by default now, so they've uh, kind of taken that privacy yeah. stuff 
into consideration at last. Yeah. I do I do like that a lot. It's, you know, like I think, like I've been saying, I think it's going to be a release in a few months you could recommend to average people to install. But I don't know, like the software not installing when you click install, uh, the, the swap issue that didn't get fixed until a couple of days before release, it just, it gives it like a slam together feeling, which is not the impression you want to give for an LTS. And it... See, if you're, if you're a cynic like me, like if you're kind of a jerk, you start thinking, well, you know, maybe it's because they had that BQ tablet that ended up needing to ship right around the LTS mm-hmm. release, and they needed to work on getting that ready, and maybe they got distracted. And they also had that uh, Bash on Windows project. Like, maybe they were spread a little thin during the build-up to Makes six- Makes you question their allocation of resources. It does, and that's- and I could be completely wrong, but that when you, when you deliver something like this, people start going, well, are they- Right. Is this a safe bet? Questions are asked. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't, I don't want this to be a total downer because I still save those drives and I plan to plug them back in in a couple of I'm months. Still going to do a, do an update, some deploys here in the future. Yeah, and I still plan to run it on servers. Uh, but I, I, I just, I, I think I'm going to hold the brakes. I'm gonna, and you know, I watched I watching that review back. I was all in. I was actually, and I've been saying on this show for for months that this is the the, the release I'm the most excited about. And I ran it for a month up to the review, but you know, the, the big mistake I made there is because I just wasn't all that excited about Unity, is I ran Plasma Desktop and Mate. And, and, and truly, you know, Wimpy has, has really smoothed over some of these rough edges, and it's not nearly as bad of an experience on Ubuntu Mate. And to that end, the machines we have put in production running Ubuntu are on Ubuntu Mate. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of the way it's shaken out. Uh, Wimpy, are you still here? Do you have any thoughts on the 1604 release? If he, I'm not sure if he's still here or not. I can't see the screen. No, I don't think so. I think both him and Popey were uh, from uh, Hotel Connections and had to disconnect. Uh, I'm curious. Maybe we'll pick his brain. I don't want to yeah. over, overdo the Ubuntu coverage, but uh, I, you know. I will say in- installing that Ubuntu Mate welcome package on any 16.04 yeah. release really does go a long yeah, way. Yeah, I totally agree. It, I really do. All right, Mumble, uh, any, uh, Mumble Room, any closing thoughts on the Ubuntu uh, follow-up before we uh, wrap it up? Going once, going twice. I take that as sort of a tacit agreement, unless you disagree otherwise. <laughs> okay, is that, that's legit, right? Streamer, streamer says. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stream says no disagreement. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Popey had to disconnect. I know. Uh, I really think that uh, it's a – okay. Closing thoughts. Really quick. Just, just to wrap it up because I did share these on the live stream on Saturday. Part of me, here's what I think happened. I think maybe they legitimately got distracted. They had too many things they were working on before 1604 came out. And they have this release date. So much is built around Ubuntu hitting this release date. All of the flavors, uh, you know, uh, VPSs. The whole big rolling machine. It's an industry yeah. now based around these LTS releases. And so they have to hit that release date. There's a lot of pressure to hit that release date. Whereas a distribution like Anagros or any, a lot of other ones. I'm just picking on Anagros because that's what we've been messing around yeah. with between the two. They release when they feel like they have an ISO that has enough new fixes or updates to release it. Otherwise, it's just kind of developed all the time. Yeah. It's just updated. They just release iteratively when they feel like it. And Arch just sort of updates iteratively when they feel like it. And sometimes I think you get in a sweet spot where that's a good combination and things are working pretty great. And sometimes that sync slips a little bit and the LTSs are a better combination. And right now I think the arbitrary release dates and uh, just slamming out the features (sighs) – yeah, 
I mean, really, even even the even like a, we made a big deal about the ZFS support, and it's it's there. But you got to install all. The, if you install the desktop version, you got to install all of the user land packages. There's no there's no user exposed way to actually set it up. You're going right, down you're in the terminal. You're going down the terminal and using ZPool and ZCreate and whatever else, whatever else. Which at that point, you know the DKMS Better go get, stuff before wasn't that much extra. Yeah, exactly. Like the DKMS it wasn't part that was, hard. It's like the least amount of work. Exactly. That's my point. And like you're you're going to have to go buy Alan Jude's book to be able to set up a ZFS on your <laughs> yeah. Ubuntu box. I linked that to so many people. Yeah, zfsbook.com. Uh, he just released a new edition. <laughs> go check it out. Like seriously. Uh, and 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 again, I am not trying to compare to other distros, but other distros Anagros, when you're installing <laughs> ZFS is just in the dropdown. I'm not using I don't I'm not using it to set up ZFS. But it's just like how much extra work if you have all the user land utilities available, you have the kernel module available, how much extra work is it to expose that as an option in your installer? How much? If all of the underlying Linux software is there, how much work can that be? And if you're like taking this big step by offering it, like you think you'd want to like package that up as a whole big cohesive thing. And of course they have the excellent excuse of, well, we don't uh, think it's uh, targeted for uh, end users. So uh, it wasn't really a uh, a priority to make it available in the GUI, uh, which is a very solid argument except for the very reason that Ubuntu has any relevance is because they made a great desktop distribution to begin with and people adopted on this. This is their thing. That's how Ubuntu got traction. They didn't start out as the server, as the VPS cloud distribution. They started out as as Linux for human beings. Yep. Where's that gone? Where is that? On the phone. <laughs> hey oh all right hello everybody end of rant i'm just i'm i uh i just uh i just i don't know i guess i probably i probably should get off my soapbox because in reality i think it's wasted effort <laughs> it's not gonna get me anywhere uh and that's okay because i think over time things will I mean, work you'll get out comments yeah well Credits for that i think uh, noah's gonna get more comments about his lack of sleep than i will get comments about my ubuntu hate so i think we're doing okay yeah Noah at jupiterbroadcasting.com if you want to send us an email go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and choose linux unplugged from the drop down hey did you know that we do this show live you can find out about that over at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar we do it live over jblive.tv where you can find out all about our mobile room everything doing... really that's true all of the information is there all of it you can do bang mumble and you'll get mumble server info. Uh, you can go to linuxactionshow.reddit.com to leave us feedback, submit content, things we should talk about, all of that. linuxactionshow.reddit.com. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. I'm going to go get some sleep and see you right back here next week. should say thanks to chase for running the board at uh, yeah. linux fest rocking that board yeah thanks to the crew that came out to help us with everything thank you everybody including you wes it was a it was a great linux fest it Northwest. really was amazing and uh, it was a big 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 production all right jbtitles.com now we go name this beast or jb titles it's oh, a good amount of titles over here. I'm gonna. So I actually I have one. I have one more show, which is a lot of work, which is on filter before I can sleep. 
So my my marathon doesn't technically end until Wednesday night, but then I think we have a pre-recorded text now. I think oh, Alan's, that would be sweet. I think he might still be out of town, and so then I'm just going to sleep Thursday. Sleep. Kind of wake up sometime on Saturday. <laughs> no. Build no, together a lot. I wish. I wish. Uh, but uh, yeah. All right. JBTitles.com. Let's go boat. Thank you, Mumble Room. That's way more fun. Good show, Mumble Room. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.